Welcome to PsalmsCast. I am Denise. Today is the 12th day of December 2020. Well, friends, congratulations to you. I am thrilled that we are wrapping up another week of this momentous year. Are you aware of all the mercy and grace the Lord has been pouring out into your life throughout the last 50 weeks? Yes, whatever we have is because the Lord has blessed us. It may be a lot less than it was at the beginning of 2020, but there is a purpose. Perhaps that purpose is to get us to wake up and become aware of the reality of the times. Perhaps it is to rouse us from our complacency so that we will cry out to the Lord and learn what an awesome God He truly is. Today I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible, and we will journey through Psalm 12, Psalm 42, Psalm 72, Psalm 102, and Psalm 132. At the end of the podcast today, for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, we are journeying into 1 Timothy chapter 6. Again, Paul is teaching about another type of yoke. So let's take a brief moment to center ourselves and invite the Lord to be the focus for this time. Father in heaven, we come humbly into this place seeking you. We ask that you would pour into our life your truth. We are desperate. We are looking to you for hope. We are looking to you for peace. We desire the joy that you offer us. Open our minds and open our hearts to you. Allow our lives to truly be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit through your life-giving words. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey today. Psalm 12 The faithful have vanished. A Psalm of David Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Everyone utters lies to his neighbor. With flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips. The tongue makes great boasts. Those who say, with our tongues we will prevail. Our lips are with us. Who is master over us? Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. You, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side, the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among the children of man. Psalm 42 Why are you cast down, O my soul? As the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. 
how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you downcast, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Bazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, Why have you forsaken me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him my salvation, and my God. Psalm 72 Give the King Your Justice of Solomon Give the King your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal Son. May He judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon, throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish, and peace abound till the moon be no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemy lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Saba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him All nations serve him, for he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live, may gold of Sheba be given to him, may prayer be made for him continually, and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there be an abundance of grain in the land. On the tops of the mountain may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon. May people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him. All nations called him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, 
the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Psalm 102 Do not hide your face from me. A prayer of one afflicted, when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse, for I eat ashes like bread and mingled tears with my drink because of my indignation and anger, for you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold your stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord, that he looked down from his holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord, and in Jerusalem his praise, when people gather together in kingdoms to worship the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. O my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days, you whose years endure throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. And our final psalm today is Psalm 132. The Lord has chosen Zion. A Song of Ascents. 
Remember, O Lord, in David's favor, all the hardships he endured, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard of it at Ephrathah. We found it in the field of Jar. Let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your saints shout for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. The Lord swore to David a sure oath, from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my testimonies, that I shall teach them, their sons also forever shall sit on your throne. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests I shall clothe with salvation and her saints will shout for joy. There I will make a horn to sprout for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but on him his crown will shine. At the end of each week, I often stand amazed at all the mercy and all the grace the Lord has shown me Often, it is in the little things, like having a chat with a friend I haven't been able to connect with or video chatting with our grandchildren. I'm astonished at the doors the Lord has opened for provision for our family, being able to sell the things we no longer need, pet sitting opportunities, people who want help with household situations, and now working one day a week in an office. All total, it is not much, but it is more than I had before. All work is worthy when the Lord gives you that work. And yes, I know that cleaning toilets and mopping floors is not glamorous. But friends, my heart sings when those I am helping who are not able to get down on their hands and knees anymore thank me for my help and are so delighted to have clean sheets on their beds. It is something that I take for granted, but to them, it's a luxury. And the Lord has been filling up the schedule with what might look like a bunch of odd jobs, but at the end of the week, I am tired, and truthfully, I do sleep a lot more soundly. I still struggle with prioritizing to make sure that each day's podcast is uploaded in a timely manner, balancing and overcoming Dropping the ball has been a humbling experience. I'm thankful for a husband who is content to eat simple meals of sandwiches or even cereal on the days that go sideways. And I'm grateful for those listeners who offer me grace as well. 
gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us together to consider these chapters in the Psalms. We thank you that even today your word is active and alive in our lives thousands of years after they were penned by your faithful servants. Lord, we have been conditioned to view your word as just another book, an old, out-of-date book that does not speak to our society or our world's current situation. This conditioning is evil. It insults your glory. Because every word within the Bible you have ordained, your words are pure. And Lord, I marvel that they have stood the test of time. And each year, discoveries are being made to prove that what is written in the Bible, in your word, is in fact truth. Jesus, you came to earth with a specific purpose. You came not as a conquering king, but as the most fragile of all, a newborn baby who was totally dependent on those around him. And we praise you for the humble man and woman who sheltered you through your early years, years we know nothing about. But the gospel does record that at a young age, you, Jesus, had the knowledge of who you were, God in the flesh, and what your purpose was to reveal who the Father is and the plan for each of us to spend eternity not in darkness and death, but to be saved, redeemed, and adopted into your family. Oh, what a wonderful gift. What a marvelous gift. We struggle with giving up a couple of minutes each day or an hour each week to meet with you when you gave up all the majesty, power, and glory of heaven fully knowing what would await you on the hill at Calvary. Total separation from God is your blood spilled on the ground, washing away my sin penalty forever. We humbly bow before you, Jesus, to worship you and to say thank you. Jesus, give us courage to exchange the yoke that we are carrying, that yoke that is strangling us, draining us and beating us down to exchange it for your yoke. Open our eyes and open our ears to others who have taken on your yoke so that we can have a glimpse of what having you as our teacher really looks like. We ask that you would continue all the work that you have begun in us. We are hungry and we are thirsty to know you, the living God. Enable us to fully know, fully comprehend, and fully receive all that you are placing in our life today. Holy Spirit, we humbly ask you would be active in our lives, teaching us the stuff that we need to get rid of out of our life today that does not bring glory and honor to God. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, prayer request today. Often when people are at death's door, there is a struggle. Sometimes it is because they still have not asked Jesus to save them and to forgive their sins, the big, the little, and all the in-between. And the Lord allows that person to tarry on this side of the veil. Sometimes it just takes time for the body to quit ticking because 
many of us have too many mechanical helpers that shock our heart back into rhythm. But for those who are still very much alive watching the death process, it's draining. It reminds every single one of us that one day it will be me in those last moments. We don't want to linger in the throes of dying. Those who know that Jesus is on the other side of the veil desire to be with him, yet sometimes it's hard to let go. Today, someone has alerted me that their family's mom, who has been in palliative hospice care for a bit, last evening, mom had what they think is a stroke. And friends, when you're in hospice, they do not take you to the hospital. They change your medicines to allow your body and your mind to rest as it counts out those last minutes, hours, and days. Perhaps you know someone who is experiencing right now this challenge, or you know that it might just be around the corner. Please join me in praying for this family who are watching this dying process that each member would be encouraged to make sure that they know Jesus in a real way. And as they watch this passing, that they would cry out to the Lord to get right with Him today, and that this mom would transition from earth to eternity in God's timing and according to His plan. Now for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word. At the very end of the podcast today, we are in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul talks to those who are bondservants. And before you decide, well, that's not me, I challenge you to realize that all of us are bondservants to one degree or another. Mothers are slaves to the needs of their children, and workers are slaves to their bosses. So if you would like to connect, to request prayer, to ask questions, to just check in, or to ask for a Bible, if you're in the United States, call or text. The number is 470-240-1509. For listeners outside the United States, I invite you to use WhatsApp, which is like a texting program, and that number is one 470 Two four zero one five zero nine. You can also connect or message through social media. Psalmscast is on Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, and Parlor. So, in closing, remember this thought from today's reading in Psalm forty-two: My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you. I am praying for you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow, God willing. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, 1 Timothy chapter 6. This chapter is the last of the New Testament references to a yoke. This chapter uses the term bondservant in the English Standard Version. Other versions use the term slave. Before anyone takes offense, here is a hard, cold fact of history. 
Slavery has existed across the span of time, and it is still a fact of life in many countries today. Here is another uncomfortable fact. Anyone can rise above slavery. Anyone, regardless of the tristest truth being spread by the evil that is Black Lives Matter. Jesus taught us that there is only one life that matters, and that is why each day we are working out our own salvation. The only life that matters is eternal life in Jesus. For all of those who choose to get out there and sell themselves to the highest bidder in the workforce, they are, in fact, slaves to their bosses. Yes, we can walk away, but the truth is that most of us will not until we have another place that is willing to purchase what we have to offer. That, friends, is what you should think when you hear the term bond servant or slave. With that understanding, let's jump in. And as I read this chapter, simply let God's words wash over you and through you. Trust the Holy Spirit to unpack what He wants you to focus on today. Remember the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life today. 1 Timothy chapter 6 let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved." false teachers, and true contentment. Teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produces envy, dissensions, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierce themselves again with many pangs. Fight the good fight of faith. But as for you, O Son of Man, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight 
of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you have made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit and trust it to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, for by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Grace be with you. The first verse once again gets right to the point, to the yoke. In the English Standard Version, I often scratch my head and I ponder, what is this really saying and how does this verse apply to my life today? Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. This is why we switch up versions of the Bible each week, and why I often will consult different translations or versions when I'm left with questions. So to I have an understanding, a very basic understanding of this verse. Let's read it in the Living Bible. Christian slaves should work hard for their owners and respect them. Never let it be said that Christ's people are poor workers. Don't let the name of God or His teaching be laughed at because of this. Now, for everyone who is employed, substitute the word boss and supervisor or client. What do you realize? Honestly, whenever we are receiving some form of compensation, we are placing ourselves in the position of servitude, which is the same as a slave is in. They serve the one that owns them. And when we agree to work for someone for a wage, when we are at work, quote unquote, they own us and we are expected to do as they ask us. The bottom line, how I read this verse, is that my conduct is always on trial when I am out and about. And if it's known that I belong to Jesus, my poor work or my smart mouth are a direct reflection of God. I also found it very interesting that in this chapter, as we began, it was speaking to the poorest of the poor, 
the slaves. Who knows how they became slaves? Because there are so many ways. Conquered people often were slaves to the victor. Sometimes slaves were traded like cattle or bought and sold in the same manner. Sometimes they had become slaves because of their debt. Did you hear me? They became slaves because they owed that person a debt they could not pay. Anyone out there listening have overextended themselves? You are a slave to your debt. You have to work for whoever will pay you in order to keep making the payments. Debt is a horrible yoke to bear and one that most Americans know very well. And this chapter ends with speaking to those who are wealthy, those who have an abundance of resources. I'm sure that you've heard that money is the root of all evil. Friends, please pull out your own Bibles and open to this chapter and look at verse 10. Write that verse out. It's verse 10 on an index card and place it on your mirror to ponder each day for the next month. It does not say that money is the root of all evil. I don't know where that came from, but it didn't come from God. And if it didn't come from God, it most likely was inspired by Satan. The Bible says the love of money. It says an A, not the. It says all kinds of evil, as in the plural, not as an evil, period. That same verse goes on to expand that it is the craving of money that can cause some to wander away from seeking Jesus as the most important thing in their life.